All right, uh, we're back with the two-player podcast. I'm Eric Kane. I'm Paul Tassi. And once again, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, right now, we're just kind of focusing on the show because there's really nothing going on in video game land. So lots going on in Game of Thrones land, however. Yes, uh, what did you think of this last content. one? <laughs> endless, con- endless content, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was a, a very significant upgrade from the previous week and... I know we were like really down on that <laughs> that one before, but uh, I think there's probably a lot a lot more positive stuff to say about this one. Yeah, well, that makes for a boring podcast. I mean, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it was. I mean, I think they still are are sort of falling into certain traps this season that I don't know that they'll stop falling into because it seems like they've just kind of gone. They've just kind of gone whole hog with the fast travel stuff. Yeah, I think we have to stop thinking that that's going to cease and desist. And I don't know. That's one thing that I'm kind of willing to overlook at this point just because I don't want four episodes of Jon Snow on a little boat. (laughs) Totally. So I I kind of get where they're coming from in that regard. But it is weird because it's been such a core part of, like, the show for so long where these big, long travel sequences, like, between places with – Arya and the Hound or Brienne and Jamie like traveling across the country like that was a really kind of essential experience in, in plotline of the show and I was just like eh <laughs> yeah I'll just teleport and it'll be fine yeah it's interesting I've, I've started re-watching the show actually um, I think I've gotten now through the first five episodes of season one okay. and it's kind of it's kind of so like two things they do back in the beginning that are, that are interesting one thing is that Wherever, whenever they're traveling somewhere, something happens, you know, like significant moments like, uh, you know, uh, Nymeria attacking Joffrey to protect Arya and then the fallout from that and Lady getting killed. You know, that's on the road from Winterfell to uh, to King's Landing. And that's kind of a big deal. Uh, or, or Caitlin running into uh, Tyrion at, at the inn. And having him arrested, that's a, about you know, that. obviously yeah. a huge deal. All these things happen. And, and then even smaller moments like John and Tyrion going to the wall, you know, they have that some great conversation just on the way. It's a short scene, but they talk about why dwarves, why, why he reads books so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's all these little things that happen during travel. But then the other thing that they do that's that's kind of helpful, I feel like, is they say stuff about how long things take. Like... She tells Ned, she says, you know, Robert rode 30 days to get here. So we know, like, just because earlier in the, in the same episode they say, you know, Robert's coming. Well, the same episode he shows up, but they, we know that 30 days passed. So there's oh, always this sort of, the first time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't really notice it because it's just a little detail. But what it does, I think, is it anchors you into the sense of time and, and, and distance in a way that, that the show now is just kind of like, uh, now the – Euron's fleet is attacking Grey Worm's fleet. <laughs> Gotta get this done, so run. people are just going to be places and deal with it. And, and then <laughs> teleporting it armies, it, fleets, whatever. <laughs> and, and it would be—I think it would be less jarring still if we didn't then cut to like Jorah, you know, like the next day, basically. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, with the other scenes. Yeah. What's where? What is the time frame now? And that's what's so confusing. I think that we could really probably forgive more. If there was just a little consistency, it's not even the fast travel that's because, I mean, like in the early season, like Ketlin goes all the way from Winterfell to King's Landing pretty quickly. Like it happens without seeing any of it. But we know because Ned just did that journey that it took her a long time. Also, Mm -hmm. we just have those sort of things that anchor us 
into the time. And I think that what they've done this season is they're like, oh, you know, to hell with all that. We're just going to we're just going to get all this out of the way. But that aside, I really liked this episode. You know, it was very good. Yeah, they there was a lot that went right there, and I was really kind of worried about how the uh, Daenerys John meeting would go. But I was I was happy with how that was handled. I thought they did a good job of that. And I you know I've recently complained about the writing and how it's lacking you know George R. R. Martin's touch, but I I was very satisfied with that, and I thought they did a good job. Um, and yeah. then I have my own thoughts that I think they're setting up a relationship with them, but I mean <laughs> we'll see if that pans out. But just I mean there was there was really good moments like when. You know, she Miss, Miss Sandy reads all the titles, and then Davos is like, "Hey, it's Jon Snow." <laughs> yeah. like, that was a really good line. That was very well done. Um, it was. It was great. I laughed out just loud. The whole kind of journey of their, you know, little micro relationship over the course of that episode, where it's kind of Tyrion, kind of working both sides. Like these three really interesting characters that are kind of the core, pretty much the core pillars of the show. Is these are these three, and I think mm-hmm. they really could have screwed up how that kind of dynamic worked, but. I thought they actually did a really good job with it. Well, yeah, and there was some good like callbacks to season one, which I'm I'm getting all these callbacks a lot more now that I'm watching. Se- I think I think everyone should watch season one while they watch season seven because it's so much, so much being referenced during season seven that's in season one. Um, what were the callbacks in this episode? Well, okay, so Sorry, there's for instance, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, you live in the in a city of crime and. I also I also live next to a fire station, so this happens oh, do frequently. Yeah, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more in our podcast. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, like, so one interesting thing is, you know, when Daenerys says to John, you know, did did your father know that King Robert was sending assassins to kill me? You know, well, I mean, in season one, we have Eddard basically give up his job as Hand of the King in protest to yeah. that decision to to try to assassinate Daenerys. So not only did he know about it. He he put his entire reputation, his life, his uh, everything on the line at a protest to it. Yeah, but, is, but everyone who knows that is dead, <laughs> except for Varys. Varys was oh, there. Was he there? Okay, yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there arguing to send the assassins, basically. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't know. It, this is why I definitely recommend um, turning on season one again and, and going through it because you know. And another thing about season one is that you know you. You wrote your, your article saying you missed Martin's writing. But you know what? There was some amazing non-book stuff in that season also. Like I just watched the episode where Robert and Cersei have this long conversation. And it's, a, it's just an absolutely fantastic conversation. The dialogue is, is, is so good. And their, their interaction is so good. And that's not in the books, of course, because we never get a and in the, in the first book, we don't get a Cersei chapter or a Robert chapter. Um, and there's another great scene in that same episode between Varys and Littlefinger. Again, we wouldn't get those chapters in the book, but that these conversations. The just, I thought, uh, yeah, no, because, I, remember, I remember that scene, but I wonder if Martin was more directly involved in season one rather than just kind of this grand overseer. Because I know at least in a couple episodes in past seasons, he's written some of the episodes, I, I believe. He has, uh, so yes. I'm wondering if any of that could have been him, just not <laughs> necessarily from yeah. the books, but. I would have to check which one he did in season one. I don't. I feel like it's not that yeah. one, but I could be wrong. I mean, believe um, me, I'm no. I'm no like show hater and think like, oh, you know, only the books are better. There's a lot wrong with the books that I think the show has done a very, very good job of fixing uh, in a lot of totally. ways and cutting out the fat. It's just, it's just seemed to me lately that things are getting a little weird in certain scenes. And like last week, there was probably like six scenes that were just 
so uncomfortable. And this this week was maybe like I don't know one or two, so it, it was better. But and what one of the one or two was the brand scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird, right? It was like it was unnecessarily weird. Like, Bran, you have to understand that no one knows what the Three Eyed Raven is, and you're just going to sound like a weirdo. That was just like it should have been this like really happy reunion, and Bran was just like full zombie weirdo mode, <laughs> which was not yeah. not ideal. And he hasn't really been like that. Uh, I mean, no. in his plot line, like he's been interacting with Mira and the Raven and Hodor, and was like expressing emotion. But I, I don't know. I, I'm not well, sure what, what they- his character is doing now. What they needed to do was give us a scene establishing his change prior to this, I feel like, because it would have made, I mean, it could make sense, you know, that he's losing his humanity somehow through all of this, you know, but it would have been helpful if we'd seen that with Mira, you know, before. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And we just didn't. And so, yeah, it was really, it was like, he's, he, he brings up like the cruelest most horrific yeah. thing of all can. the memories you could have like pulled out. You're like, oh yeah, Sansa's horrific wedding day. Let's let's rehash that. <laughs> yeah, and and I wonder like if there is something more to it. You know, like could he be making a point in some way? You know, because somebody needs to remind her that that was Littlefinger's fault. Yeah, everybody seems to have kind of overlooked that, and I, I don't know. The, the whole Littlefinger situation is continuing to weird me out because, like, everybody, like, everyone's like, oh, I don't trust Littlefinger. Yet he's still just in the castle chilling. Like, you would think that <laughs> they'd, like, exile him or something. But he's still, like, I mean, he's a, he's effectively king of the, the Eerie, isn't he? So, I mean, he's, yeah. he's a pretty powerful dude. He's just kind of, like, hanging around Winterfell. But uh, he, so that still is kind of a weird thing because his, the bannermen of the, of the Vale weren't like little finger loyalists by any means. He sort of strong armed his way into all of that. Right. I, I feel like at a certain point it wouldn't be very hard to be, a, you know, to, to basically say, yeah, you're, you're a scumbag and we're just going to oust you, you know? Yeah. You, you know. would think that, but now it's like, I don't even know if there's time for that to happen. They'll probably cram it into like a 10 minute scene of like, Oh, little finger finally <laughs> makes the wrong move and he's dead. And the end. <laughs> yeah. Jamie will give him some poison. Yeah. Um, yeah, they love their poison this episode. No, no more violent deaths. Just let's just poison poison all the people. That's that'll be a lot more. <laughs> yeah, you know that's interesting. To swallow, thing. No pun intended. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was fine. I think the, I thought the Ilaria Sands scene was actually pretty good. And like, I don't really need to see like you know the mountain bash her face in. Like, I don't know. We've seen that before. But I thought Cersei's yeah. plan to just kind of poison her daughter and let her like you know decay in front of her was pretty was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. if we're not seeing that outright. Um, no, I, I thought it was. I thought that was a great scene. I did think the scene between Elena and Jamie was great. Um, that was a great kind scene. Of, yeah. It's it's weird though. We had like a couple episodes ago. It was like you know Clash of Queens going on. It was like girl power, you know, the matriarchy coming to save the day. And now it's like, okay, now they're like the sand snakes are all dead. Ilaria is pretty much out of the picture. The queen of thorns is dead. We lost a lot of strong female characters in one fell swoop. Yeah. Largely but thanks I mean, to the, Cersei. The key, yeah. The key the key conflict is still Cersei versus Daenerys. So I guess mm-hmm. there's still, still strong ones there, but yeah, that was kind of sudden. I mean, Elena Tyrell seemed kind of, that was kind of inevitable given that her pretty much her entire family is dead and they're not really good at fighting anyway. So I I did like that whole scene where like Tyrion thinks he's being clever with his like invasion of Casterly Rock and 
he's surprisingly outsmarted by <laughs> Jamie and Euron and Cersei, which that's something you would not see coming given how, how smart Tyrion usually is. So that was one scene yeah. where I'm like, oh, we're back to like the you know manipulation and like dodging and weaving and like which doesn't have to do with dragons or white walkers like that i I really liked that kind of interplay with actual kind of military strategy and and braun came back that was nice to see him even if he didn't do anything (laughs) yeah he rode and i I wondered where he was but (laughs) yeah i i love i love braun um the the uh it, it reminded me a bit of the sept of Cersei just taking out a huge chunk of her enemies all in one fell swoop. And here she does it again, just takes out a bunch of enemies all in one fell swoop. Um, maybe a little less like dramatic, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, I predicted that Cersei would have, you know, she was really outnumbered and over, you know, overwhelmingly weak compared to Daenerys, but I, th- I said she'd have a trick up her sleeve and she had like five tricks up her sleeve. <laughs> Whole book of tricks. Uh, one of which is Euron, and we're just going to leave aside the magical fleet and the teleportation. But I liked Euron in this episode. No, I'm, I'm really, feels- I'm really starting to like Euron now. He was like, I was like, what is this character going to be? And like, you think he's like, oh, he's the new Joffrey or Ramsay, and you're just going to despise him. But he's like, he's like a fun villain. He's like Captain Hook. Where, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you just, he's, he's, I mean, he's hilarious. Like, you know, you're not exactly rooting for him, but he's, I think he's a well-written character. He's certainly more well-written than he was in the books, where he's this like oh, big yeah. weirdo. But here he's like kind of goofily charming and charismatic yeah yeah he's ragnar lothbrook in early vikings like he's yeah that's a good analogy (laughs) he's well i mean partly because he is you know danish and he's got the accent but also he's just a a little wild a rogue uh and willing to to really poke jamie i thought that was jamie's face when he jokes (laughs) with him about like tips for you know yeah that was really funny does she like it gentle does she like it rough (laughs) Jamie's like, what? <laughs> Excuse He's me. Like, yeah. It's 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 kind of hilarious. Um, I I wonder. You know, I'm still wondering. You know, you know, if we look at the prophecy, Cersei's prophecy, uh, her little brother kills her, right? Um, and that could be either Jamie or Tyrion. Is that the prophecy? I always thought the prophecy yeah. was some like beautiful princess or something doing something to her. Well, you know, I'm going to look it up and read it. But no, it's um, it's. It is. It's that also. Um, um, all right. So this was Maggie, the, uh, the old Maggie, the frog, Maggie, the old lady that gives Cersei a prophecy when she's young. Um, the dialogue is Cersei. When will I wed the prince? Maggie says, never. You will wed the king. Cersei says, I will be queen, though. Maggie, I queen you shall be until there comes another younger and more beautiful to cast you down and take all that you hold dear. And then Cersei asks, will the king and I have children? And Maggie says, oh, I, six and ten for him and three for you. <laughs> gold shall be their crowns and gold their shrouds, she said. And when your tears have drowned you, the Valencar shall wrap his hands around your, about your pale white throat and choke the life from you. And Valencar in High Valyrian means little brother. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, the prophecy is basically all your children will die. Will die. Some other Check. queen will come who is younger and more beautiful to cast you down, and then your little brother will kill you. And I think how Cersei's interpreted this a long time has been the younger, more beautiful could be Sansa, could be Marjorie, and so she's distrusted every other woman that's younger and more beautiful because um, she well, needs to take everything away. Declared war on her outright, uh, so that one seems yeah. pretty obvious. This one seems obvious now, but for I think for her, for a long time, it wasn't. 
And then also, I think she's thought little brother, you know, Valenkar is Tyrion, which mm-hmm. is why she, one reason she's hated him so much. Um, and of course, I, it's the gotta be Jamie. That's gotta be like a twist where it's gotta be, right? Tyrion would be too obvious. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm not sure Tyrion will ever even see Cersei again. I, I would imagine there'll be, there'll be a confrontation before the yeah. end, but yeah, there, I'm there not may sure be. in what context I just, I mean, Cersei's not going to win the war. I don't know if anyone's going to win the war, but I'd Cersei certainly isn't going to in the long run. I think so with Jamie, if Jamie is the one who kills, uh, who kills her? There's got to be some huge provocation, right? And I think it's either got to do with Euron or it's got to do with Tyrion. I, I could see Jamie, like, if it came down to it and it was between Tyrion or Cersei, like, if he had to make a hard choice, going with Tyrion. I don't know. Mm, it's a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You <laughs> really, and he loves her, so I'm not sure. But I don't know if that would be the exact conflict, but some, something along those lines for sure. Or maybe maybe it'll come back to her like wanting to burn the whole city, like a repeat That's of the, the Mad King, of, like a, the straight up Mad King repeat. But that would be a little that would be a little too neat. But we'll see. <laughs> I mean, she is kind of the Mad Queen now in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, I know. I love she's giving lectures about like, oh, the Mad Daughter of the Mad King, when she's like, you just blew up the Sept. Like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, That's that was interesting. That seemed also a little tidy to me that she was able to just kind of get all these allies you know who the sworn bannerman of house tyrell and stuff it just i don't know i mean i'll just again it's one of those things you can kind of look over but yeah um i like so what did you think of like we finally get to see casterly rock and high garden and stuff <laughs> briefly briefly <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure a lot of work went into that cgi no i mean i thought yeah. that was cool i wish we got to kind of spend a little more time there and this I wish this wasn't like the first real time we've we've been there but uh, I, I, I liked kind of the way that whole battle scene was orchestrated where we don't need like a 40 minute epic, you know, battle of the bastards type thing. But I thought right. the way they did it was effective and probably cost effective to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I don't blame them for saving their resources for probably the, the last two episodes or whatever they're going to do. Um, yeah, the Castle Rock I mean, I- plan always did seem a little weird to me because I'm like, okay, if no one's there and there's not really any valuable resources there. Like it, it just seemed like a point of pride for Tyrion, like, haha, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm taking over my homestead. And it just, it, it, even when he suggested that initially, I wasn't sure of the tactical significance given that I, it, there didn't seem to be like there would be that many people there, but yeah. And it may be a point, a point of pride for him. I mean, that may be one of his short, his shortcomings. Uh, no that he's no pun intended. Yeah. And he doesn't have many. I mean, he's, he's smart. He's kind. He's lots of good things, but you know, he does have a wounded pride over his upbringing. Yeah. I mean, it might, I mean, it might not even have been like a conscious decision. He might've been <laughs> thinking it was the right move, but you know, kind of under the surface it was wrong, but yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I wish we'd seen more high garden because it really didn't look like sort of the grand castle that it was supposed to be. I really thought Casterly rock looked great. It was a cool, it was a cool castle up on the cliffs. Um, uh, Sansa, uh, you know, I understood her reaction with Bran. That was all very strange. I, I found their like, they're playing up of Sansa's leadership skills a little funny 
She's like, we need food for winter. And it's like, yeah, no <laughs> You're shit. You're such a good and leader. <laughs> she's like, are they putting leather on those breastplates? Those stupid smiths, they don't know what they're was doing. That, was, that was a weird moment. So I'm like, is that supposed to be like some greater significance? Or is it just like... It's just because it's going to be cold. Oh, okay. I guess they I, should have I, leather. I, yeah, I was like, that's a really kind of weird aside. But all right, I guess it's just showing that Sansa knows warmth. Lots of stuff. Know. Yeah. <laughs> she, knows, she knows everything better than everyone else there. Um, yeah, they're sort of playing up her her great leadership, managerial skills, whatever. Well, in like what... the, the dream Game of Thrones perfect world ending, where John and Daenerys are married as king and queen of you know the realm, and then Sansa can be warden of the North, and like I, I don't know, I, I don't foresee that happening actually. But I, I also don't really think they're they're developing this because I've heard like this thing about how Sansa is going to get turned against John and. I don't know. We've seen them like sparring and stuff, but I just, I don't think that they're, she's on that severe of a track to just like totally <laughs> what side of the little finger. Like, I, I don't know what it would take for her to side with the little finger at this point. It just seems uh, that seems kind of Im- implausible to me. Like I could have maybe bought that if that was being better set up, but just everyone still hates little finger and like Sansa fundamentally still loves John and the North. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't, I think that would be a very, bad plot turn <laughs> like just for the sake of being shocking like i don't i would not really like that i agree i completely agree i think it would be extremely implausible i think it's much more plausible that john and daenerys end up together even though i think that that's weird and creepy if they really are aunt and uncle or aunt and <laughs> it's game of thrones that, those kind of things don't matter <laughs> you know i hope if they do get hooked up like that that they never find out that they're actually related and then they have like <laughs> like weird twisted children and like the end is just their weird twisted children like being creepy and awful and we just realize that even though they've won the good guys have won like their progeny is going to be like worse than joffrey and just can't really see that happening but maybe (laughs) yeah the last scene will just be like their son like it's just like joffrey comes back like like (laughs) the actor returns well that, that that was one of the fundamental questions i had was like i don't really understand how it's even possible for I guess John or anyone else to know his true history. Cause like the, the obvious answer is Bran tells him, but I mean, are you really going to believe Bran? I mean, in, in his mystical prophetic abilities, like would that be enough as proof? And I, I, the, the whole thing about like, you know, who's a bastard, who's, whose father, like we did this with Ned's thing. We're like, Oh, all of Robert's bastards have black hair and these kids have golden hair. Like even that, that wasn't like proof enough for anybody. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I, I kind of wonder how this is even going to end up being revealed to the characters of the of the show, whereas, you know, we, the audience, like, know it, and it's weird, but I'm trying to foresee well, a situation where they would find out in a way that they would genuinely believe it. Like, John is resistant to fire or something. I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. Um, that would still not necessarily answer the question. Didn't he, get, but- didn't he get burned, like, five seasons ago doing something? Like, didn't he grip something that was hot and get burned? I thought... I don't, I don't know. know. I, I swear there was a moment like that, like way back when, where he, he this fire thing already got kind of negated. But may, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm remembering. Wrong, I, I think you're thinking of Egret. Uh, like she's a fiery redhead, and he got burned. <laughs> yes, common common um, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other thing is, can Bran show people visions? That can would he, be. Can, yeah, that would be useful because <laughs> that would be because I would what I would love to see is the actual flashback to what happens with Rhaegar and Lyanna, like when they run off together, 
You know, I, yeah, I want to really see that important because they still haven't they, have, they still haven't really resolved whether that was like consensual or right. like were they really in love or was she kidnapped and like forced or yeah. I, I think that's been both pretty unclear in both the show and the books. So unless I've, I've missed something, but. I thought right. the implication. They, I thought the implication was that they were like kind of secretly in love, and like she didn't. She didn't really want to be with Robert, and was, you know, fell in love with Rhaegar. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, it's interesting because, of course, in the first season, we get like that scene I was talking about earlier between Robert and Cersei. She asks him about Lyanna, and apparently, she's never asked him about her before. And he he dis- he talks about her and says that she was the only thing in the world he ever wanted. And when she was taken from him he could never fill, fill that void again. And it sort of helps explain why he is such a piece of crap. You know, he's such yeah. a, he's just a drunkard womanizing, you know, he doesn't give a crap about being King. And it's, it's sort of explained by this hole in his heart that was Liana, but you know, and then we, you know, he, he, he says to Ned at one point, he wishes he could, you know, every, every day he imagines killing him again. Cause of course, Robert did kill Rhaegar in the mm-hmm. end. But then later, of course, we get stuff from Barristan saying, you know, Rhaegar was a poet and beloved by everyone and just nothing at all like his father. So it seems very unlikely that he would just randomly kidnap Lyanna, right? That's so what I is, thought, too. I mean, who are you going to believe, like Robert or, you know, all these Barristan. other accounts of Rhaegar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then, but for, for it to be properly, it just has to be, we have to know, right? We have to be told or shown what happened. I just feel like it would be extremely unsatisfying to go through the entire show without that being resolved. I feel like Bran could be able to show people stuff. I mean, the Three-Eyed Raven was showing him stuff, but that was because he was the potential Three-Eyed Raven. So I don't know if you can just do that with a random person or not, but maybe. I mean, that would would actually be a good solution. Um, You know, you couldn't really (laughs) dispute that kind of, you know, reliving the memory or whatever. Yeah, it'll actually be at the wedding between John and Daenerys and, and Bran. And they'll be like, anyone who has an objection, speak now. And Bran will be like, whoa, hold on, guys. I need to show everyone this. something. And he's got, like, he's got like a projector set up and he like, puts it up there. He's like, using his magic projector screen. And they're yeah. like, oh, I mean, to damn. be fair, the Targaryens were like marrying each other for like generations. So I doubt it would right. be that weird. But I mean, but do you think John would be okay with like getting together with Zan? I feel like he is so much not a Targaryen. He's so very stark. You know, I, I don't know if he would be cool with that. Yeah, I, I mean, just maybe wonder, I would just wonder if this is even going to be a question of like, is John grossed out enough to like not be in this relationship? <laughs> I just don't foresee that being an issue. But yeah, I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I also wonder if both of them will survive to the end of the series, but um, yeah, I guess that's a question for another day. <laughs> you know, I, I always feel so like if like looking at Walking Dead, you know, when when they fake death, Glenn, sorry, spoilers here for Walking Dead people. <laughs> um, they fake death, Glenn, and, you know, the, the, the dumpster and everything. And I was like, okay, well, they, you know, he's died once. It's like stupid to kill him off again. Like, that would be so cheap. And that's how I feel. And then they did it, of course. And that's how I feel about John. You know, they killed him once. He came right, back from the yeah. dead. Right, yeah. It's like hard to think that they're going to kill John again. It's Yeah, it just seems so cheap, I guess. Um, do it would have to be like hand. after he fulfilled a prophecy or something. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe then. 
yeah you know he sacrifices himself to kill the knight's king or something like that like that that i could see happening maybe but he's not just gonna get like randomly killed by little finger or something <laughs> you know what i mean Oh, God, that'd be terrible. Yeah. You know, I've also heard some theory, and I didn't really look into it much, but some theory that John like, becomes the Night King. Have you heard that one? No. I mean, I guess I can see where that's coming from, but I don't know. That reminds me of the theory like that John was going to come back to life like as ghost. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was how he survives his, his killing, but... But then he definitely couldn't hook up with Daenerys unless the show got really weird. Well, then she'll come back as a dragon, and then they'll, they'll you know, <laughs> and they'll have like little dragon wolf dragon. babies that are that like awesome. out of Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> lord, um, yeah. All right, so the Queen's Justice is really the Queen's Revenge. Pretty good episode. I mean, some people are saying it's like the. I've seen some reviews out there. They're like, "This is the best episode ever," and I don't okay. think that. Let's call that. Down. It's like the yeah, best episode. Yeah. In- Probably this season out of three. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'll Best episode that, of the season. <laughs> I, it was, you know, what I, that reminds me. Like I remember when uh, Winds of Winter, or I mean, uh, Dance with Dragons came out. Not Winds yeah. of Winter. Winds of Winter hasn't come out. Um, that came out, and like all these book critics were like, "This is the greatest book George R. R. Martin's ever written. It's the best in the series." And I'm just thinking to myself. Like, no, this is so certainly st- not. <laughs> it is just not even close. Yeah. Um. We all know that was a feast for crows. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I just I think it was like I think there's this this desire among some critics to when something's good and we haven't had it in a while to just sort of sing its praises way too loud. And so you know we hadn't had a new book in five years, so this new book came out and everyone's like so happy that they get to read the new book that it's of course it's the best book ever written by but it's not right yeah nothing has come close to you know and here's. Here's what I, I wrote in my last article is that I don't think anything will, will come close to the quality of Storm of Swords or the, like the season three, season four of the show in terms of just drama, intensity, uh, give a damn. All, you know, will we ever have another moment that's as big as the Red Wedding? I, I just don't think so. Well, the problem is, is like you get, you get like the Ned moment, the Red Wedding moment, and now – you're almost expecting huge things. And then, <laughs> so if there are additional huge things, they're not, they're not going to be quite as impactful as the original huge things. <laughs> so yeah. it, it kind of comes with the territory for, to a certain extent, regardless of whether or not the, the twists are, are interesting, but yeah. Yeah. And I think also because we're getting into end game and we're getting into high fantasy, things have just really shifted. Um, you know, if, if stuff like what happened in this last episode took place in the beginning of the show, it would have been played out over quite a lot longer, I think. You know, well, like, we're even like we're we're conditioned now to kind of you know expect these things. So now we're discussing: oh, is is Jamie going to kill Cersei or is Sansa going to betray Jon? So like, if those things happen, we've already kind of considered them. But I don't think I don't think anyone would have considered that the Red Wedding would happen kind of the way it did, and like totally. they just murder these two. Like that was just so out there. I mean, maybe maybe the series is still capable of something that massive, but. It doesn't seem like it. But. Yeah, the final showdown will be between Cersei and the Night King. <laughs> She'll just burn up all the She'll White Walkers. Just glare at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we could still be surprised. I just think that at a certain point, the show has to kind of wrap up. And as it's wrapping up, we've already had such high points. I'm not sure that it's going to um, necessarily kind of be the same kind of surprises yeah. that we saw before. I mean, I don't know. We and that s- could be fine, but it's still, you know, 
vastly better than pretty much everything else on TV. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think um, we, I'm, I'm really looking forward to when we do get to the real end game against the White Walkers and whatnot. I mean, think back to that hard home episode when John goes to save the wildlings. And mm-hmm. that was just awesome. You know, like that whole battle, uh, him dueling like a White Walker with his Valyrian steel blade you know the dead coming to the gates. It was so. It was so great, and yeah, I think we have a lot, a lot of, more of that. That and Battle of the Bastards. They, they've got a lot to top <laughs> this, this yeah. season or next season if they're going to be because those were just those were so well done that I think we, we just got a little tease this week with the kind of mini battles. But I think yeah. they're planning something probably pretty huge. Yeah, and we have four more episodes. So real quick uh, before we wrap this up. You know, where do you see this season going as we head into season eight after this? You know, we have four more episodes to kind of set the stage for season eight. What's going to happen? My guess, the one thing, the one thing I'm willing to predict is that by the end of this season, the wall will fall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it'll be kind of, no one can ignore the White, the White Walkers at that point. Um, I, I don't know if the conflict with Cersei will be resolved at that point or if she'll be kicked off the Iron Throne. I in four episodes, I, I don't think so, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen. But my, my guess is that the big finale will be the wall coming down. But Why, they might well, say that for next season. I don't know. <laughs> like, how does it fall? The White Walkers have some sort of ancient magic. Wasn't there? Maybe this was a book thing. Wasn't there some horn that was magical that could knock yeah. down the wall? There I was, don't know. Maybe they was. bust that out. Like, there's all these horns that do all these things. That, that's such a Deus Ex Machina, though. Like, uh, it is, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. If they see that was introduced in the books, of course, back when Mance Raider had it. You know, he had the horn. Yeah, but they Doran haven't set that up at all, right? And I don't know. Maybe never, just the Night's King's been gathering power for a thousand years, and now he's able to do it or something. I, I don't know. There, there, they, was, there could be a lot of kind of hand wavy explanations there, but. If, if Martin had just been more political, he, you know, and I know he is a political guy, but he really should have, instead of winter coming, should have had climate change coming and the wall just would have melted, you know, and that would have solved everything. You know, the wall melts, the white walkers come. Uh, That's and the finale. All, it's, it's a dream of spring. About, everything melts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, when are they going to, you know, I want to see the winter really come. You know, it's it's been coming. It's cold now. There's snow at Winterfell. But I want to see, like, like the deep drifts of snow and the think, endless night and all that stuff. I don't stuff. think they're going to go that nuts with it. I mean, maybe in a couple shots. But I don't think they're going to, like, get to a point where they just bury everything in 40 feet of snow and no one can go anywhere. Because <laughs> then, yeah. then the show just, like, stops moving and they can't do anything. So I, I think this might be maybe as wintry as we get to a certain extent where just it's snowing everywhere now. Like it might snow in King's landing at some point or somewhere really far South, but I I don't know if we're going to see like, you know, 80 foot drifts of snow or anything. That'd be cool though. It would be cool. (laughs) And, and just like, if it all, like if the wall comes down and the snow is really high and it just gets dark and it never gets light and there's like zombie army marching across the land, I mean, that could set up some really cool stuff where people are having to escape. People are, you know, maybe, you know, uh, there's another siege of Winterfell, basically, but this time with an army of the dead. And I, I don't know. It just There's so much potential there for really interesting stuff with winter. I, I hope it comes sooner than later. I think you're yeah. right about the wall falling also. But um, I don't know about Cersei. I feel like they're going to keep uh, Lena Headey on as long as they can. I don't think they can kill Cersei before the final season. I don't know. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that would seem wrong to me. 
I mean, then again, they need yeah. they need some big like resolution in season seven, right? And at the end of season six, we, yeah, we if, got if rid the of, end of if you know season eight or whatever we're in. Like, is if the last season is just like everybody versus the White Walkers, that's going to be really boring. So yeah. I almost I almost don't know if they can kill or kill Cersei because then it's. I mean, who, literally, who's left at that point? The White Walkers and Littlefinger. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, though, we do need to have just the White Walkers as the bad guys, right? Like, we need I think to have the that very, very, conflict. very end, but not like yeah. for all of season, you know, eight. But yeah. Oh uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for for us today. Uh, do we know what the episode next week's called? Mm, I haven't looked. The script leaked, so it might be on that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's saying that the script, like, for the whole season already leaked, like, last year, but I haven't oh, seen yeah, that. Yeah, so. you never know. I mean, I'm just, even if it's, like, that was fake or not real, like, I just have, have avoided it completely, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it looks like things are heating up. I watched the preview, and, and we have, you know, Daenerys basically saying, I'm tired of waiting around and playing nice, so. Yeah. We should we should hopefully get some some good action I mean, it's it's sort of weird. Like, with with ten episodes, you can have a lot of wiggle room, but with seven episodes, things kind of have to heat up quickly and and come to a head pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, we are the uh, two player podcast, and uh, Eric Kane and Paul Tassi. And thanks for listening. All of our predictions will come true. Uh, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>